Hey guys, welcome back to Financial Flex with Lex. Let's change the way we talk about money. I'm your host, Alex, and happy Tuesday. Man, by the time this episode comes out, I will be vaccinated. Well, I guess like half vaccinated. I have a vaccine appointment on Monday um, to receive like my first round. At first, I was pretty hesitant about getting vaccinated just because I was like, eh, I don't know. They made this a little too quickly. But um, seeing like everyone else get it and kind of just like seeing the side effects, you know, aren't really that bad for, you know, a lot of people. I'm like, okay, I think I need to go ahead and get this um, because, you know, summer's coming up. I have a few uh, travel plans, like, you know, going to one of my best friend's baby showers, like um, celebrating my aunt's 60th birthday in Pennsylvania, just things like that. And I think that, you know, if the vaccine is available, why not travel smarter and go ahead and get vaccinated just so I'm not putting anyone, um, you know, at risk. So that's one thing. Another thing is that we are officially 60% done with my student loans. So that's really exciting, getting closer. Um, I'm really wishing time would kind of speed up a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just need it. I just need it to be September already so we can pay this off and be done with it. Um, I'm already think I'm already a little nervous about like what life is going to be like once I don't have debt. I'm like, oh, man, I hope that like I don't go crazy and like all of a sudden start spending like an exorbitant amount of money on like clothes and all this stuff. Um, but also, too, I've kind of a, taken the mentality of like I've sacrificed so much of like my early to mid 20s getting out of debt. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my time here, you know, of course, responsibly. I'm not going to like, you know, go all crazy, but I do like nice things. And for a while, I kind of was like, "Ah, I can't get this because, you know, the debt or no, I can't take this trip because of the debt. But, um, you know, once the debt's gone, we can kind of do whatever. So we have like one trip planned with our, um, with one of John's best friends and I'm like really good friends with him and, um, really good friends with his girlfriend. We have a trip, um, planned to go like skiing, like in the winter. So hopefully by then we'll have, um, some money saved up and we'll be able to really like ball out on trips or on this specific trip, because I don't know all the trips that we've taken in the past, we've been pinching pennies because we've, we've just, you know, haven't had like the most, um, in our bank accounts at the time, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to just being able to travel more. There's so much of the world that I want to see. Um, and you know, hopefully once like the world starts to kind of return back to normal out of traveling outside of the country will be, you know, possible. I do have family in like Nigeria and Ghana that I would love to like visit and just meet for the first time and things like that. So, um, that's what I am hoping for but other than that I mean it's the same old same old over here just I was telling John the other day that I just feel so burnt out from work I'm like I think I need to use some of my PTO and just take like a week off from work even if it's me literally doing nothing but laying in bed I'm like I'm starting to feel a little burnt out like we work hard we're a really small team and I'm like I think I just need a break because I haven't had a proper vacation in like over a year. It's probably been like two years. I think the last actual vacation where I was just completely relaxed, wasn't worrying about work was when um, 
John and his family, we all went to Mexico to celebrate his dad's 50th. And that was like two years ago, like November of 2019. So yeah, it's been a minute. Um, But yeah, other than that, I mean, like I said, everything is fine. Same old, same old. Um, So yeah, I guess I'll just go ahead and jump right into today's episode. Uh, As always, if you haven't yet, please leave a five-star rating and review only if you enjoy this episode or this podcast really and keep up with the podcast on insta at financial flex podcast oh my goodness how could i forget celebrated the podcast's third birthday on friday and i can't believe it's been three years since i've been doing this in the post i said like obviously it's been three years but like i really started taking the podcast more seriously within the last year i would say in the last like six months that's when i've really stepped it up with my consistency and things like that so I'm very proud of myself for you know sticking with the schedule being consistent because it's something that I honestly enjoy doing Um, I know for a little bit I was like ooh, I want to try my hand at YouTube because you know secretly since the age of 15 I've always wanted to be a YouTuber but honestly video editing is draining and capturing content 24-7 is draining I think I'm much rather sit in front of a microphone for like 30 minutes to an hour and just talk where I don't have to get dressed up. Editing is pretty easy, um, at least for me with, with the software that I use and just going on about my day. And I've really, I'm just proud of myself for sticking to a consistent schedule and getting out episodes to you guys. So happy birthday to the podcast. Here's to three more years. All right, let's get into today's episode. So a few weeks ago, I came across a article on Twitter, and it was a Bloomberg article written by a woman named Sarah Fryer, and the title is, um, Marketers are underpaying Black influencers while pushing Black Lives Matter. So obviously, I was like, the title intrigued me, so I read it, and after reading about it, I was so upset. I was just like, I I have no words. And so I wanted to do a podcast episode about it. And hopefully in the future, I can actually have a guest who is, you know, more involved in this world than I, than I am to really have a conversation and, you know, answer any questions that you guys may have and answer questions, obviously, that I have. Um, but <clears throat> for now, I just wanted to talk about, like, pay disparity when it comes to social media and influencers and so if you know me you know that obviously money is kind of like I don't want to be like money is my thing but I have I'm very interested in personal finance and money um and social media influencers is another arena that I am very interested in. It's just such a new space that I find myself very like intrigued by everything. And so when I read the article, I was like, I wasn't shocked because it, it it's, you know, highlighted things that I already knew, but it was just kind of like, it was just kind of like, dang, like this is just, you're kind of like, what the heck do you do? So basically the article listed a few um, black content creators who, you know, started trends or, you know, are just really creative online and how they were getting shortchanged by brands or even other fellow 
white creators um, when it came to their work. So for one, there was a girl named, and I don't want to get her name wrong, so let me pull it up. Okay, so there's a girl. So the article um, mentions a, a girl named Sydney McRae, and she's a content creator, and she created not only makeup videos but dance videos too. And so obviously she hopped on TikTok, and you know, she started to like gain traction and gain fans, and obviously that caught the attention of brands and other companies wanting to work with her. So when these brands are approaching her, she literally has no idea what to charge, you know, for her content. So be, her being a teenager, she's like, yeah, like $400, $500 is, you know, is fine for a post. And so, you know, as we all know, TikTok once something becomes a trend, everyone starts to do it. So there's a pretty big rapper and his team reached out to Sydney wanting her to do a dance to a song. And she agreed. She did the dance. It was fine. I think she charged them like $500, a couple hundred dollars. Then Addison Ray. It's found out that Addison Ray was approached by this artist, same team, and gets paid thousands of dollars to do a dance. And when the girl found out, she was just like, wait, what? Like, she was just kind of like dumbfounded. And so um, there's like a lot of instances like this listed in the article. And um, also over the weekend, Addison Rae was on Jimmy Fallon. I didn't watch it. Um, I don't really watch like late night shows like that that don't interest me. But I was seeing all on Twitter that, you know, she was on Jimmy Fallon show doing a bunch of dances, um, you know, kind of like teaching Jimmy like, you know, TikTok dances. And people were kind of annoyed and upset by that because a lot of the dances that she was doing were created by black creators. And so people were like, okay, Jimmy Fallon, you could totally have found these creators who created these dances, have them teach you since they're the ones who originate, who like created this dance. And, you know, that would have helped highlight them and spotlighted them. And I think that there have, there have been so many times where people in higher places could have done the, could have, you know, done the right thing so to speak and put these creators on and kind of help elevate them but they don't but then when you see you know tragic things like you know black men getting shot black women getting killed in their own homes things like that you know you think that putting a black square is just like the fix the band-aid you know what I mean and so that was um a little annoying but like I said, so today's episode is about pay disparity, you know, within the social media space. So obviously this space is really new. I mean, it's like, what, like 10 years, a little over 10 years old. And literally every single day, the landscape is changing. So I mean, when we were all in my, what my space came out when I was like end of eighth grade beginning, was it eighth grade? Either way, MySpace came out, yeah, MySpace came out 7th, 8th grade. That's when I first had my account, even though I really wasn't supposed to have one. Um, and then, you know, that trans that morphed into Facebook. And then a few years later, Instagram came down. And then it was Twitter. And then it was Snapchat. Then you have, you know, now you have, like, TikTok. And so, like, every year, this landscape of social media is changing. And over the years, we've seen 
you know, the rise of of content creators and influencers and seeing how, you know, these can be actual jobs. Like before kids wanted to be doctors or lawyers and now it's like they're wanting to be YouTubers and influencers on Instagram and things like that, which I personally find they're nothing to be wrong with. But because this space is so new, that leaves a lot of question marks in terms of pay, especially when it comes to Instagram. So I used to intern for a PR firm and I remember seeing like their um, their like media list. So on their media list, there were a bunch of influencers in the Atlanta area who they'd want to like pair up with their um with their clients and things like that. So that's how I kind of became familiar with like the influencer, the influencer world. But, um, you know, recently a lot of people have become more outspoken about pay disparity between white influencers and black influencers say, you know, black influencers saying, you know, I I didn't even get paid for this brand campaign. They just sent me free clothes. Meanwhile, the um, a, a white influencer who's doing the same exact campaign maybe made like $3,000, $5,000 off of that same campaign. So there's a lot of like disparity that way. And because Instagram is such a numbers-based, you know, it's so numbers-based when it comes to, you know, securing brand deals and things like that. <clears throat> it's kind of hard. So there could be a black content creator who's just as talented, just as pretty, just as whatever as a white content creator, but she could have only 10,000, 10,000 followers. And, you know, it's averaging what, like maybe mm, like a thousand to 3000 likes on her posts. But then you have a white influencer who's doing the same exact thing, but she'll have like a hundred thousand followers and she'll and she'll get like twenty thousand likes. So brands can use that as an excuse, like, oh well, she has more followers than you, you know? And I think and that's kind of that's kind of, you know, due to the consumers. That's due to us, you know? Why is it that when like a black woman does something, it's not seen as cool or innovating as cutting edge as, as when a white person does it. Like, why is it more palatable for the masses, I guess? Like, what's the difference? And so seeing that, it just, it really does affect people's, you know, livelihood. And it's, it's pretty sad to see that black content creators are working twice as hard just to get half of the recognition. So there is an Instagram account called, let me pull it up really quick. It's called Influencer Pay Gap. And it was started by a woman named Adesua. She is, um, she worked in like the influencer space in London and she was inspired to create this Instagram page that allows anonymous influ like influencers anonymously submit like their engagement rate how much they got paid for a brand deal or just like their issues with brands so people are aware or can give them advice on how to go about situations and so I've been on this page literally all day just reading so many posts and being like wow like first of all you have to be doing a lot of brand deals I feel like to even be making a decent living like a lot of these brands are so stingy or they lowball you so hard like only like maybe $200 for a post or like $300 for a post and it's like 
or maybe nothing at all maybe it's like oh you just get you know free products but it's like free products aren't that's not going to pay my rent you know and so anyway being on this Instagram page has really like opened my eyes a little bit more to the world of you know pay and influence like between you know influencers and like their salaries I guess and so I wanted to think of ways that people if you're an influencer you could kind of you know prevent being um what's the word I guess taken advantage advantage of when it comes to these companies because especially when it comes to micro influencers like people who have like you know 10,000 followers or less you get really excited when a bigger brand approaches you we love your work we want to work with you and all of a sudden you're like I'm just thankful for the opportunity and in some instances I think you have to really think like okay like this by working with this company this could take me to you know this level or being like eh, even though they're great and all you know I know my worth so I'm not working for free. So I think you kind of have to like weigh like the good and the bad kind of thing. Like if the deal you're, you know, working on, is going to lead to some like amazing connections and amazing opportunities for you later on down the road, then you maybe want to consider um, working with them. But if it's, you know, if you don't think it's worth your time, then it's not, you know, going to be worth your time. But um, I wanted to, I came up with like, I guess, you know, three ways that influencers can kind of, I guess, avoid being taken advantage of when it comes to negotiating brand deals, you know, with with companies. So my first tip would be get a manager. Um, I work in the entertainment industry. I work with musicians and a lot of them, you don't even, I don't even deal directly with the artist. It's like, here, talk to my manager. The manager handles everything. So you need to get a manager who's handling your deals, who has experience. I don't want you to like go and get your best friend because this is like, you know, their career path and what they, and what they're hoping to get their foot in the door with. Like, no, get someone who has experience negotiating contracts, negotiating rates, because you need someone to advocate for you, especially if you're someone who is super new to the space and you don't want to get taken advantage of. Now, if you're someone who has like a thousand followers or 500 followers, maybe getting a manager isn't in your best interest. But if you're someone, I feel like if you're someone who has like 10,000 followers and up like 25, 30, then it may be time, you know, to think about getting a manager, especially if you're getting constant requests from brands. And it has to be someone you trust, obviously, because you don't want someone you can't trust who's doing shady deals behind your back or what have you. And so along with that too, you also need to be aware of what you're signing up for. So don't just get a manager and let them handle all the contracts. Make sure you're looking over it as well. Make sure you're understanding everything. Even if you need someone to break it down in layman's terms, like do that and be aware because at the end of the day, this is like, you know, it's you, you're the company, you're the brand. So you want to make sure that you're aware of everything that's going on um, before you get taken advantage of. That's like, you know, not cool. My next tip would be don't be afraid to ask what your peers in your space are making. I think that in the regular world, I mean, we don't do it nearly as often as we should. And I think that 
we need to do it a lot more in corporate America, regular nine to five. We need to have those. And and some companies, in some companies, you can you can be like, oh yeah, like, hey Jim, like, what are you making? You know, and Jim's like, oh yeah, I'm making sixty five. And you're like, in your head, you're like, okay, crap, um, I'm making forty, and we do the same exact role. So. I think that by asking peers, so if you're someone who's in the influencer space, I'm pretty sure that you may have someone either that you may not know in person, but you may know um, online that you feel comfortable enough asking like, hey, like, how much do you charge for X, Y, Z just to get a feel? Because I feel like if you're new, like the girl Sydney, you're literally like, I don't know how much to charge. And if you're someone who goes from not making any money at all, like, let's just say you're a like a college student or a high school student so you're you know used to making 725 an hour and your paychecks are literally like 25 dollars you're like 500 bucks to make a tiktok video like heck yeah i'm gonna do that but you could be making 5,000 i literally just watched a cnbc millennial money and this guy literally makes a thousand dollars like an hour on tiktok just by going live and you know the fact the fact that there are people out there who are making this kind of money should let you know that okay you know me asking for a thousand dollars for a video post or whatever isn't that far-fetched um so yeah I mean think about it brands spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on the Super Bowl like and what kind of, I mean, I, I can't tell you a singer Super Bowl commercial that's made me want to go out and buy that product. I've never bought a single product from a Super Bowl ad. But there have been several times where I've seen someone, whether I've, you know, whether they're an influencer or whether they're just like a friend, when they're like, oh, I've tried this or whatever, I've bought from them because that's just how Instagram works at this point you know I was influenced to purchase something from them um and so I think that brands do have the money I think that they're just being cheap and they're just being stingy and because social media Instagram is a fairly newer space as opposed to like you know running Super Bowl ads they want to do the bare minimum so they can get the maximum because at the end of the day they are a business they're all about their bottom line you know so that's why they'd be more willing to send you free stuff as opposed to um paying you but I still say you know ask around do your research as much as you can um like there are Instagram accounts like um influencer pay gap there's another one called fu pay me that I follow on Instagram as well and she's actually developing an actual app so if you're an influencer you can input your information and get um actual monetary details and all that stuff from the app from other other um, influencers and and really be able to get down to like nitty-gritty numbers because that's important um my next and last tip would be consider creating exclusive content that your hardcore fans wouldn't mind paying for I think that um you know things like OnlyFans and Patreon if done well can be really beneficial for content creators because you're not forced to please the masses you're only you're only creating content that you generally want to create for fans who like cool like basically love you like 
a troll isn't going to be paying like $50 a month to like see you do whatever or hear you talk about whatever. So I think maybe exclusively monetizing your content to a certain group of people isn't a bad isn't a bad thing. Like I think about um I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with the podcast Crime Junkie and yeah, like we pay the extra I think like 5 or 10 dollars a month to get episodes early and maybe get like an extra bonus episode a month. Um and I mean if you have 2000 dedicated fans who are giving you $10 a month, like, I mean, I'm not the the best at math, but that's a lot of money. And so I think also too, just going back to just creating exclusive content for a smaller group of people and not for the masses may be another way for influencers to, you know, take control of their financial narrative and make sure they're not getting cheated out of their out of their brilliance because um i think that we've seen time and time again the power of social media we've seen the power of influencers even though a certain specific type of influencer is dying in my opinion i think we've seen the rise of other more authentic more real um and honestly just more interesting influencers and so it's like you know it is what it is. The, the, this is the world that we're living in. Like influencers aren't going anywhere. They're like the new billboards. So that is all I have for today. I hope this makes sense. Um, I feel like it was kind of ranty, but it's also like, mm, what time is it? Almost 10 o'clock past my bedtime. So <laughs> yeah, should have done this earlier in the day. But like I said, I really hope to get someone on here who is just a part of that world deeper than I'm in it. I'm, I'm just in it from a like a hobbyist. It just fascinates me, intrigues me. But I'd really love to get someone who, you know, is in that world 24-7 and can really answer questions that I have and questions that you guys have. But until then, I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. See ya.